to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Fowler and Commissioners for HMRC, and the citation for this case is 2020 UKSC 22. So when I started reading this case, it said that the respondent, Mr Fowler, is a qualified driver. And I was like, well, so are lots of people, what's that got to do with anything? Uh, But it turned out it said diver, and I had been misreading it for an embarrassingly long time. We won't make the same mistake here, so Mr Fowler is a diver, i.e. someone who swims underwater professionally. Anyway, while Fowler is a resident of South Africa, between 2011 and 2013 he did most of his diving off the coast of the UK, and so the question came up about where he should have to pay tax. It would clearly be unfair for him to pay tax in both the UK and South Africa, and so to find an answer we have to turn to the double taxation treaty between the two countries. In particular, Article 14 tells us that employees are to be taxed where they work, Arguably, that should be the end of it. Fowler had been working in the UK, and so should be taxed here as well. Unfortunately, things are not as simple as that because of Section 15 of the Income Tax Trading and Other Income Act, 2005. Section 15 contains something called a deeming provision, which is a type of law that basically tells us how something or someone is to be treated for a given purpose. In this case, section 15 tells us that for the purposes of income tax, a seabed diver is to be treated as self-employed in the UK. That is important because if we return to our double taxation treaty, article 7 tells us that a self-employed person is only taxed where they are resident, which for Fowler would actually be South Africa instead of the UK. All of this brings us to the crux of the matter. HMRC argue that section 15 is purely about how a person is taxed and does not impact more broadly on whether or not someone is an employee in reality. On the other hand, Fowler argues that if he is treated as self-employed for the sake of income tax, then that is enough for the double taxation treaty and should allow him to be taxed in South Africa rather than the UK. The first tier tribunal found in favour of Fowler while the upper tribunal was more persuaded by the case presented by HMRC. The Court of Appeal was split, but a majority ended up siding with Fowler. HMRC now appealed to the Supreme Court, and so that is where we pick the proceedings up. The justices started with a general principle of legal interpretation, that terms should be given their ordinary meaning unless specified otherwise by domestic legislation. That makes a lot of common sense, but how does this apply in relation to deeming provisions where something can have a different meaning in specific circumstances? Here a so-called statutory fiction is created, and that should be followed, but only in relation to the specific purpose that it is designated within the legislation, and not if it would create an absurd or unjust result. In this instance, the specific purpose that we are talking about is the payment of income tax, but that doesn't extend to resolving disputes about where tax is to be paid, or even whether a person is immune from paying income tax in the UK entirely. In a similar fashion, the treaty itself is about where tax is paid, and not how taxes are levied either in the UK or in South Africa. To confuse the two concepts would be to undermine the basis for the legislation. HMRC therefore won the case and the decision from the Supreme Court was unanimous, but was it the right decision? Answering that very much depends on how we want to think about these deeming provisions. 
They are something that we do have to be careful about because Lord Briggs was right when he said in his leading judgment that they create a statutory fiction. When it comes to case law and statutory interpretation in general, we are pretty used to taking words and phrases at face value before applying them to the facts. Think about a concept like dishonesty. We have a test for what we mean by this in a legal sense, and that is what is applied in relevant criminal proceedings. Deeming provisions kind of flip this on its head because they tell us that in certain scenarios, a different and separate meaning is to be applied by the courts. That has the potential to be dangerous because it can lead to odd results that don't make that much sense. In that regard, it is understandable that the Supreme Court wanted to limit their effectiveness so far as it was possible to do so. The judgment in this case makes it clear that the deeming provision is only to be applied to the payment of income tax and no further. Thus, the deeming provision is given only very narrow reach. However, I think that this can inadvertently create its own absurd result. The problem with applying the law in such a limited way is that the consequences are not taken to their natural conclusions, and so we end up with incomplete results that don't make much sense given what has come beforehand. This is especially true here where the aim of the provision is to offer financial relief to divers who end up paying for their own expenses. The form that relief takes is having permission to be regarded as self-employed, and yet when it comes down to it, Fowler has not been allowed to take advantage of this. That dissonance is caused by the approach taken by the Supreme Court, who have ended up tripping over themselves in a bid to be extra careful. A better approach would be to allow deeming provisions to extend to their natural conclusions, unless doing so would cause an unjust or unfair result. This allows the law to both maintain its integrity and to achieve its intended result. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Just a quick reminder to all of you to check out the website if you do get time at uklawweekly.com. There's loads of resources there, including old episodes of the podcast, link to videos, and also ways to get in touch with me. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!